Here we go. Ready to rock and roll? Yeah. All right, man. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Stay for the Stories podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Elijah. Joining me today is Coach J King Parker Gold, otherwise known as Jerry Francois. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up, man? I'm happy to be here. Um, I feel I feel great. Feel great. Fantastic. So I want to jump right into it. I want to know who is Jerry Francois? Where'd you come from? Your history? Who 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 is Coach Jay? Who is King Parker? Gold, Goldfinger. Who's the man behind the scenes? Who who is he? Um, I'm Jerry Ernesto Parker Francois, the first, the only, the last. Uh born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. I'm a man of many gifts and many talents and just serving my purpose to continue to create, elevate and celebrate the amazing people, community and family around me. And I, I put, I'm just a man that's just doing what he's supposed to be doing on this God-given planet before my time is up. So I feel that, you know, you know, what's so interesting. So we recently met, I think we, we followed each other on social media for a while, but just recently met in person maybe like a month or two ago. And up until now, to be honest, I didn't think many, like there aren't many people out there that do a lot of things. And I thought I did, and I do a lot of things, but if there was one person who could go toe to toe with me with how many hats they wear, it would be you. So it's interesting to hear you talk about it and then to meet you in person and actually see you um, like working, like in the in the weeds and the works, you know what I mean? Um, very impressed, man. Like very impressive. Kudos to you for the number of things that you do. Um, I didn't know that you were born and raised in New York, but you're out in Brooklyn. Are you still in Brooklyn right now? Yeah. Brooklyn to the day I die. Uh, best die for over 10 years. Um, born and raised in Ridgewood, Bushwick, but best die uh, is my home. Nice. Have, um, have you always been a runner? Um, or did you play other sports growing up here in New York? Uh, Typical, you know, New York kid from the hood. You always play basketball, hoop dreams. Everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan, Iverson, huh. the Tracy McGrady's and Kobe's. Team and then, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, just play basketball. Um, always been youthful, active, uh, played football in the hood. You know, you did a lot of kind of activities, but running was never the ideal sport because no one really talks about running in the hood. You only mm-hmm. ran in the hood if you were running from the cops running from like playing tag, running from chasing girls, all that other stuff. But it was mm-hmm. never actual recreational sport. Mm-hmm. Especially I went to public school. So I was introduced to track. Well, we had this thing called field day in fifth grade. That was the first time I ever was introduced to track. And we had like, you was only allowed to run one event. I think I ran a 50 meter dash, came third place. It was super hype. Mm-hmm. At the time I was watching wrestling, felt like per angle. I had one medal on. I was like, yo, I want three medals, like per angle. Uh, they told me I couldn't do it or whatever. And then from that run away, that run dream went away. After that, when they told me I couldn't run another race, mm-hmm. the thought of running never happened again in life until uh, 2009 uh, when I was going going into uh, my spring semester of high school, about to graduate. I was introduced to running uh, just because I was looking for a sport. I, the previous year, I lost my mother. Kind of was just looking for an outlet, something that could kind of just take away the noise that I was going through and just a lot of the, the, the bother, the questions from everybody. And I just needed to find a sport where I could just be to myself. 
mm-hmm. interact with that sport because no one people knew of me but they didn't know my story they didn't know i recently lost my mother uh and all this other stuff so no one asked me questions about how am i doing how am i dealing how am i coping why am i here mm-hmm. nothing i was literally just there running and being able to just running basketball sneakers and finding that i had this god-given talent when people mm-hmm. like you never ran before dude you're fucking fast sorry i don't know if i'm allowed to curse but it was right? like yeah man you're, you're fast and then i was like oh and I mean, I never know. They was like, where have you been in this last, like, you just transferred? I was like, no, I've been in this school for four years, dude. They was like, why the hell you didn't join Clutch with me? I was like, no one talks about track in high school. Get alone, like, that was, like, the dominant sport. It was like, you either played basketball or you did baseball. Mm-hmm. But it was in track. And then once I, like, you know, fully invested, I ran the last race of indoor season. I gained my first medal. And then I ran outdoor season. It was like, wow, like, you know, my coach used to say, Coach Damien was like, you're, you're a natural born talent. I wish I had you sooner because we could have made you to a superstar and went mm-hmm. to D1. And, you know, obviously I didn't know. It was like, okay, I, I'm thankful for it. But, you know, it was, just a, it was just an escape. It felt great to be in a space where I could just run laps. I always felt like I saw my mother at the end of the finish line. So I would always just run harder. And, just, you know, it was just one of those things. And then I, I, I joined track and um, college and that's when I first experienced cross country I hated it I wanted to quit I was like nope this is not it like what kind of distance I'm not running in the woods and you know and my coach was like listen stick with it he's like if you do one more meet and you don't like it then you can quit and I did that one meet and then I just I don't know I felt I felt so in tune with nature and being in the woods mm-hmm. where I just like yo this sport is tremendous I was like how do you go from being on this like turf and like you know on this hardware and hallways to like actual rubber track and now you're running in the woods and it's almost like a survival tactic and I felt like I was always a kid I was just trying to survive because I was a person who just lost their mother I was evicted I was homeless I don't know how I made it to college and I was like my whole life is about being about survival and across mm-hmm. country felt like that and I was like yo I'm in love like this feels phenomenal and that's how I I became like a, a great runner in cross country because I was just like, yo, I'm fighting for survival. And then I became, a, you know, just a phenomenal runner. In my two years in junior college, I became an All-American in the 4x4, four 4x8. Four, four and oh, wow. won, won the CUNY championship for cross country. And I, I just became this reluctant star that all my coaches and people believed in me, but I didn't see it because I was running for a different purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know your history into running until now. So I didn't know that you ran in college. And then now it kind of makes sense because the, so we recently met a couple months ago. The first time we actually ran together was last weekend or two weeks ago when we ran the the last 10 miles of the New York city marathon. And I was keeping up with you or like, I was trying to keep up with you and I didn't realize how fast you were until we actually ran together. And I was like, okay, this guy can, this guy can move. And then in the tail end, when we got closer to central park, the last, you know, two or three miles you just turned on the wheels and you just you you left like you I saw you out in the distance and you were my guide at that point I was like look I just can't lose them in sight because I don't know where I'm going I don't know the route I'm just following following Jerry trying to make sure I keep up and then you're you were just a small figure in the distance that I was trying to follow 
Um, but now, now they make the year an all-star cross country when he went at gold medal, gold finger, this guy, okay. He's, he's a real deal, real deal. What did, um, what did you run in high school? How did you get into college? And then what did you run in college? So walk me through that transition. Tell me that story from high school to what you ran to go to college and then what you ran in college. Uh, high school I ran, um, I would say a, 400 meters, 800, and that was it pretty much. Um, I think I did, uh, I think I did a mile one time, and then I ran the relay. Okay. The four by eight, the four by eight relay. Because uh, I, I forget, like, since I was still very new, my coach didn't put me in too many events, and then they didn't have that many events either. And it was weird, like, meets in high school were, like, middle of the week. It wasn't always on weekends, so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but yeah, like I, but I, I became uh, more set on a mid distance because I was a great uh, 800 meter runner at the time. I, the goal I needed to qualify to Queens. Uh, I think Queens, like I forgot what the name or determination they called it, but it was like city champs or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I needed a 205, and I had it one. I had one opportunity to run a 205. But I need a 205 flat. I think I ran a 205.56, and I did not qualify because that's 56 seconds. And then mm. I ran a 4 by 8 that following day, and I ran a 205 flat in the relay, but they couldn't count that time. Mm. Uh, from there, I was like, damn, like, oh. But that one made me want to be an 800-meter runner because I was like, yo, I'm so close. Mm-hmm. You know, and they was like, yo, you ran 205, first time ever running track and field in two and a half months that's very impressive and that was technically like the fight the fast time uh for queens at the time so okay and then you know going into college you know we did the 8k which is a five miler in the in, um van Cortland, which is mm-hmm. you run into the run into the trails and then you come out and then you run back in and you go up cemetery hill and out uh, mm-hmm. which was a longer distance than the college, well, than the, well, the women's college teams, which run 3.1 of the high schools. So I went to cross country, didn't have a rhythm yet. And then I was just trying to get back into shape because college is a whole different ball game. So I wasn't great. It took me uh, outdoor season to finally blossom. I sucked indoor, like I could not run. I was running like 59s in the 400. I was gas. I couldn't run nothing faster than the 210 and the 800. But outdoor season that year, mm-hmm. I started shaping off massive times. And I got back, I ran a, I ran a 202. And then uh, my coach was like, this is, the, this is who I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. This is, where was that Newtown talent? And he was like, but he said, it took me a while because, you know, college, I was going through a lot. Like, I was not in the right space. Now you're, you're super alone now. Like, you don't mm-hmm. have the same guidance you have in high school. So mentally, I wasn't in running yet. And I was still learning. I'm still brand new to running. Like, this is my first time going through a full, full three seasons of running. Mm-hmm. So it took me to outdoor season. Uh, once I ran Penn Relay for the first time, and I ran a 53 split in the 4 by 4 unattached is when I got my name. And then I got to be in the A squad of the 4 by 4 And then I ran 51 and then I was running 51 flat as the anchor in the four by four. And that's what made me become an All-American that year. And then I ran 202. And then Jeez. from there, I was top CUNY runner. And then year two, I just started blossoming to this phenomenal runner. And then it, it was it was all great until it wasn't. And I was 
mm-hmm. you know, after college, you know, you don't run anymore. So I took off for like three years and then I was out of shape and then I was introduced to Nike running and then I was slowly getting back into running, but it's a whole different world between mm-hmm. like running, you know, track and field, running for uh, college versus running on the road. And then I was introduced to road running and it was kind of just learning that road running itself, which was a different um, challenge because mm-hmm. everybody was you know, bigging up half marathons and fools. And I was like, I've not, I have not, I've never ran nothing past a five miler ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. So would you say, like, do you have a preference from indoor or outdoor running track versus cross country or road running? Like, do you have a preference or has it always just kind of come in phases throughout your life? Uh, I mean, I think I, no matter what, I think, and when we go in a little bit more into it, right, my love for running started from the track. So Mm -hmm. it's never something I'll ever forget. It's because that's what molded and made me. So it's always something I always want to go back to and introduce that. And like what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I I would love to, if I could do track meets more often, I would do that more than anything because it's easier. Mm -hmm. And you have have the bright lights on you, which is phenomenal, which Mm -hmm. is more pressure. Cause like if you run a marathon, you have moments segues where you can walk and there's nobody to really care. You know, no one knows oh, you, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, a half yeah. marathon that's unpopular. No one's out on the road. Five Ks or whatever. You can mm-hmm. like, you know, catch your breath for a moment. Mm-hmm. On a track, you have literally to run your hardest, and everyone's watching you at the podium, at the stands, mm-hmm. and more. And I think it's phenomenal to be in an atmosphere like that. Like yo, it's all on me right here, mm-hmm. and everybody's watching. And I think. I love that because that I love that kind of pressure mm-hmm. uh, because that's what makes me perform at my highest. Like when there's oh, yeah. watching me, I will give my absolute all. Mm-hmm. When there isn't, I just do things for shits and giggles. Like I, I, I really don't care. But when there's lights, camera, action, I'm gonna perform at my highest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I, prefer, I definitely prefer the track and cross country too because, like I said, like that's what really made me fall in love with long distance. It was because of running on Van Corner. So mm-hmm. it'll be between those two. Uh, road run is cool, but those are two of my faves right there. Got it, got it. Yeah, that that being under pressure or thriving under pressure, I think is so relatable, especially when you get into a competitive mindset. Like I think every athlete loves that that being under those circumstances, like being under the lights, you know? Um, so my history playing football, like Texas high school football is a big deal. I played a little bit in college, but it it was, it was interesting because my college, my university, I went to a a small private school and it was probably half the size of my high school in Texas. Like that's crazy to me. And I felt like, like my, uh, really my peak was probably playing Texas high school football because it almost was like a downstep in some degree, even going up to college. Um, so like, to put it into perspective, I think my university's football field slash stadium was about the same size as our freshman JV football field in high school. Um, so like our varsity, our varsity field, like we played in a multi-million dollar stadium um, that seated 10 to 11,000 people. Uh, and then the high school maybe sat like a thousand people or like a few hundred people. So like a a huge difference. And then being under that, being in the stage and like under that spotlight is a whole different feeling, especially so like I can relate that tying it back to playing football because it's just you, it's like your team or like if you're a captain or if you're, you know, like leading a team, 
like the QB, think about it like that. Like everyone watches a QB. Everyone watches yeah. some of these skills. Wherever the ball goes, people are watching where the ball goes. Um, I played defense. So like it was my job to be where the ball was at and stop the offense. So like I was always uh, running around the ball uh, or running. Yeah. And like being always right there where the ball was, that was my job. And then I was a unofficial team captain, but I led the defense. So like I was doing the play calling. I was middle linebacker. I was coordinating with the coaches and relaying it back to the team. So like on the defensive side, I felt that pressure and I felt like I was under the spotlight. Um, and it's crazy to think about even in Texas, like being on the field and playing in front of like 11,000 people. I remember uh, we were pretty good going into my senior year of high school. And like, sometimes we would, we would sell out the stadium and like sit more, it was be like over occupied. And so more than 11,000 people would be all eyes on us watching and playing football and you're 16, 17, 18 years old. Like that is crazy. From you, mm -hmm. so I think about take a step back and think about um, that's yeah. a lot, a lot of pressure for a teenager, you know, Yeah, that's so fun. Like for me, you know, some people get nervous. Some people have the jitters. Some people overcome their fears a lot. Of, but some people like you and myself probably th like thrive under that pressure. And like you, yeah. you almost need to be under those circumstances and have that pressure applied to you to really perform, you know, to really shine. Otherwise, like you could, like you mentioned in a marathon or a half marathon, you can kind of hide and like, you can kind of veer off to the side and like, you know, struggling a little bit, catching your breath, taking a break. You can do those things under the radar. You can't really do yeah. that when you're center stage. And so like yeah. tying that back into track and a track meet. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I understand that a lot. And it's funny too, because like, that's my whole story was a non-runner turned runner. And I hated the track. Like we did track workouts um, just to stay in shape, you know, conditioning. Yeah. football. I would have never imagined that I would actually enjoy and love running on the track. Like I do right now, like the speed and like the short distance, I think physically I'm probably built and like having the history of playing football, I'm built as a speed, short distance speed runner. Um, yeah. So now when you put me on the track, those are like the funnest workouts because like you're just running fast and you're giving it your all and it's always 100%. Um, yeah. So is that something that you're trying to get into now is more track workouts or track meets or, or walk me through what what's to come for you on the track? Um, yeah, I mean, I said I would never run an 800 meter ever again in my life, like competitively. Mm -hmm. uh, I fear that race, but I mean, I think it's long overdue now. I think how hard I've trained myself in the last couple of years, I think I'm in shape to run an 800. Mm -hmm. And like I see my performance this year when I ran like the four by four and just even like putting on GFCC relay. I, I, be I believe I still have somewhat of like this magical fast switch that can help, that can mm -hmm. do stuff in and track so after marathon season's over i'm gonna train i'm gonna train for speed only mm. and i'm gonna focus just on the mile and down for like three months before i go into like training for a half marathon again but i want to explore and see how how fast i mean indoor i don't want to do a 800 because that's like four laps it's, and that's mind blowing when you do indoor races because you're like wait what because it's not a 400 meter track so you got to run it again it's like and it's hard to breathe especially if you're doing an armory mm -hmm. so but i would hope to do a strong 800 meter race sometime in the spring and stuff and then go back into half marathons and shorter 
and then uh, maybe do a marathon again in life. But uh, no, I, no, no plan for 2022 for a marathon unless it's international. So definitely gotcha. be the 800 meter for me. All right, all right, all right. Look, don't don't let me forget. That was a good that was a good segue into uh, into GFTC. But I want to ask you this first. Um, so you said when post college you didn't really do much of long distance running, but you have done a handful of half marathons and now re- mo- most recently a few marathons, right? So how did you how did you train or how did you get into? Tell me the, like the story from short distance running into more longer distances. And just walk me through that experience for you. Okay. So once uh, I worked overnight, uh, Tarjay, just make it sound fancy. Uh, mm. That was like my job. Francois, so Francois. Is that how you say it? Or are you just trying to make it yeah, sound fancy? Francois. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, I was on Twitter and I think Nike tweeted like, hey, come run with us. Nike Run Club Sunday morning. And I'm mm. like 8 a.m. I'm like, wow, interesting. I was like, there's a run club. It's Nike. Oh, I got to do this. Right. So I think I went straight out after work just to see what it was. Mm-hmm. And I actually did not even go inside because I was intimidated because it was Nike and I was mm-hmm. coming with the, you know, dirty khakis, the ripped up. Nike oh, I was going to say, were you, were you wearing your work clothes? Yeah. yeah. All right. So I was like, no. I, so I left and then I, I saw the link again. And then I went the second time, uh, trying to find some kind of athletic gear I own did mm-hmm. not own much uh honestly so right the typical basketball short eight inches or whatever I don't know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I came and then they was like oh yeah we have trial shoes so you don't have to have your own running shoes I was like what oh, that's so cool like, try on Nike shoes like and I was you know mind-boggling like oh my god and then they, they were giving us gear that day and it was just so cool and I was like wow I'm running with Nike holy shit, like, this is, like, someone's dream, right? Thinking mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. way bigger because of the name itself, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, running with Nike, uh, I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm out of breath. Like, we ran, like, four miles on the West Side Highway. I was like, whoa, whoa, I can't do this, right? And yeah, yeah. it just drove me into wanting to do this again. And then I met a lot of OGs, because there was a lot of overheads that were going. I was a young kid, right? I was, like, mm-hmm. 23, or, yeah, 22, 23, like, you know, so started running and then I started being consistent going and then I started building back my endurance and the people kept saying like yo you're fast dude because we had to follow a pacer but then sometimes and I never really ran in the city I would go out and then I would get lost and then yeah. I would have to find my way back and then people can say yo you're fast dude you sure you should go to this you should go to that and this is when before run crews really existed it was like maybe like three or four run crews in New York City mm-hmm. it's crazy how fast it I'm so I literally watched all these crews grow yeah, yeah, uh, like the ev- the ev- the evolution yeah. of New York City running culture. Yeah, like yeah. it literally just grew in five, six years. Like all these crews started formulating, but like there was very little crew. So people were like, oh yeah, you should try check these people out. So um, I really didn't. I had a terrible like my just hours of my job just was it just didn't let me have that availability. Like I can only mm-hmm. go to Nike on Sundays and every other Wednesday if that. Um, and then it was just more so like I think I was running at that time when everyone was training for the Brooklyn half. So I, I you know, everyone was like, yeah, I'm running this half. I can't wait in May, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, what's a half? And I'm like, what? And yeah, what's a half marathon? And it was telling me, I was like 13. Probably what? The hell? Like, how no. Like, and there's no like, way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they was like, yo, you should do it. I was like, oh, no. And then I tried to, but it was sold out. I didn't know how none of this worked, right? So, yeah, yeah. My idiot self, I, I, 
I don't know. I didn't know how nothing worked, right? Like, it's funny. Because mm-hmm. I even, I created a New York Roadrunners account thinking New York Roadrunners was an actual running club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought I was paying her membership to run with New York Roadrunners, but it really wasn't. It was like for races and discounts or whatever. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. So then I, I go on Google, type in half marathons. I see there's one available in Long Island. Uh, the week after Brooklyn half. So I was like, okay, I signed up. I've never ran nothing past like seven miles. Uh, I didn't own a running sneaker yet. I was actually running with my cross country flats. Wow. But I was using wow. Nike trial shoes for all day runs, but I was so broke. Like, right, I worked only to pay bills. Like, mm-hmm. I lived on my own since I was 17. I literally ne- didn't have no money for anything. Like, it was just food. Hungry man's and like cold beef patties, mm-hmm. TV dinners, and like rent, and that's it. Like, that's what I was eating on, and that's why I was out of shape. Like, believe it or not, I wasn't like fat, but I like I didn't have no flat stomach. Like, I just mm-hmm. like disgusted, honestly. But uh, yeah, so oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on. What, what, wait, wait, one second. That was uh, what are we doing? Um, fit, fit boys winter, or are we going into oh, summer? Yeah, what are we uh, doing? Uh, what are we doing right now? Slip. Slim do season right now. Slim do season. There we go. There Slim we season. go. We, we, we gotta keep nice me honest. Love. Gotta keep yeah. me honest, man. Accountability yeah. partners right here, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. So yeah, so uh, I signed up. I ran my first half. Um, I stopped a lot of times. I obviously had the wrong shoes. I ran one thirty-seven. Uh, everyone, when I came back to Nike, I told my you know I completed, and they was like, "Yo, my God, yo, you're so fast. You ran one thirty-seven. I was like, really? That's fast? It's like, mm-hmm. hell yeah. And then I look at, like, I started looking at people's times in half. Like, mm-hmm. not them, but other people. I was like, hell no. This is a terrible-ass performance at my age. Like, running mm-hmm. 137, what the hell is that? And then from there, it just said, yo, I want to be a good-ass distance runner. And I'm going to be a good-ass distance runner. And from there, I trained my ass off. I, like, I cut my hours sacrificed so much money just to be in shape i wanted to run more now i was like yo i need to start so then i started running like eight not eight nine ten miles now and then i i think i signed up for the bronx 10 miler that year i ran the bronx 10 miler i ran like 109 everyone was saying that was fast i looked at everyone's time it was like 105 102 one hour flat and other mm-hmm. i was like oh no i'm not there yet but keep pushing keep pushing like, kind of like yeah, yeah. But I was like my first 10 mile race and I didn't stop. And I was like, okay. So then I got into the lottery for New York City half the next year. And I'm very in tune. I'm spiritual. So like I have a great connection with God. And I knew I was like, listen, if I enter in this lottery, I'm going to get in next year. And then I got in. I got that charge in December. And then I, I trained my ass off. And I think I ran, um, I ran uh, 130 half that year. And I was like, look, I just dropped seven minutes in like eight months. And then I was like, I'm on, I'm on a runner's high now. I was like, yo, I got to run Brooklyn half now. And I started to learn all these races that people were telling me about. And then I ran like a 129 for Brooklyn half. And, and, and this is me wearing like, I, and I, I finally started getting more running gear. I had like seven inch running shorts. I was running with flying racers. A modern tank top that was shaping my nipples like crazy, like oh shit, like it burns, like oh my mm-hmm. god. But I was I'm trying to learn about running more and more as I was going into it, so it 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 became a it just became a the the ultimate high because I was like, I'm dropping time because it reminded me how well I I became a runner in high school and college. 
every mm-hmm. meet I was dropping times, right? You know, that's the pressure that we put on each other these days now, right? Every race we want to PR, but mm-hmm. in translation, it doesn't always happen that way. But when I was getting back into running, every race I was dropping times and I was like, yo, I'm in shape. I'm getting, you know, I was getting, I was getting to where I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. I kept claiming myself as like the fastest African-American runner that was not Kenyan in this running community. And I, I started to live by it because I was the only person of my age and my color in this community that was running the performance times that I was running until I was introduced to like more diverse communities. Cause like mm-hmm. I said, I was just running with Nike. And then when I started to learn that there was a Black Roses and uh, we run uptown and like North Brooklyn and, you know, starting to know about other crews, but mm-hmm. still not finding a place. Cause, and we'll go a little bit more in depth about that later, but just knowing now there was crews and I was like, oh man, there's way more fast runners out there. And I was like, I want to be the absolute best and my competitive drive, which is just why like, I idolized Kobe because it was just my mom and mentality. I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I want to be the best runner. I want to be the best. And in order for me to be the best, I got to train like the best. I got to eat like the best. And I got to discipline myself as the best. And I had this new regimen about becoming the best runner. That was my mindset in 2014, 15. Like, I want to be the best runner. Like, everybody knows who I am the shit that I'm doing now and I want to go back to my high school and college and tell coach like look look what I'm doing now like I didn't I didn't let those years wasted I'm catching up to all the years I did not run Mm -hmm. look at me now and that's why I always call my coaches now to this day and like hey look I'm on the ad on New Balance hey I did this big campaign with Nike hey like look I ran a half I ran a full and all this stuff hey I'm creating races and they're like they just love it, you know, because that stuck to what I said. Like, I'm going to make up for all the years I never ran. That's mm-hmm. why I run now, to make mm-hmm. up for those years. Yeah, man, congratulations, by the way, with the uh, with all the campaigns. That's pretty oh, dope, man. That's you, pretty man. cool. Uh, I, I see, it. I see your face everywhere in New York City right now, man. It's <laughs> well, dope. Uh, it's a blessing, man. I, I love it, and I'm just happy. I'm happy to share it with those amazing people that were part of that campaign with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool, man. So um, when when you synced up with Nike run club, like when you decided to cut some hours at work and like dedicated more time into training and running and like being, getting back in shape and getting a little better, were you still running with Nike and some other groups, as you mentioned, or were you kind of like trying to train on yourself and getting back in shape solo um, or a combination of both? It was, uh, you know, I was still very new. I, I didn't run with I didn't run with we run up town because they were all the way in like in Washington Heights and you, I couldn't make that travel one more. You were still in Brooklyn. Yeah, so like yeah, Nike yeah. was the closest thing because it was in Flatiron. That's where they mm-hmm. meet a lot of times, and sometimes mm-hmm. they'll go to Fifth Avenue, Nike Town. Uh, rest in peace to Nike Town. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then Black Roses was like exclusive, so there wasn't like opening like, hey, mm-hmm. come run with us, right? You kind of just. They were like a myth or a legend. Like you just, you never saw them. You just see mm-hmm. them at races. And I wanted to join like North Brooklyn and Black Men Run. And North Brooklyn just never gave me the real open invitation. And I'm thankful for that to this day because um, I'm respectfully, I'm happy I never uh, joined them. And then Black Men Run, uh, I love them, but it was just very like old school, like real OGs. Like mm-hmm. they look like, like they just really look tough. And I was like, <laughs> And then probably looking at me like, yo, who is this geeky kid, glasses, skinny, trying to run with us? You know, like, yeah, yeah. I still have to make a name for myself. So I really just stuck with Nike. And my cheat code was, 
I wanted to be a painter because Nike started creating like these painter groups and painters. And I was like, the best way I can get in shape is if I get paid to run. Mm-hmm. And then when I became a pacer with Nike, uh, that was my strategy. And because uh, it was like two of my loves and I was like, get paid to run and run with people. And that's what helped me discover the whole New York City scene because being a pacer and I was able to meet so many different people and started to slowly watch all these uh, run groups start to be created. And, you know, it was, I stuck with Nike until I just literally followed their blueprint and watched everything blossom. and. Yeah, I, I stuck with them heavily because they just had, you know, they had the funds. They could get mm. free product. They had trial shoes. They had everybody coming from all different parts of the city and all boroughs to come run on a Wednesday or whatever. So I mm-hmm. just literally stuck with Nike um, as my, like, my run club. I think gotcha. that was even a club I put on, like, for New York Road Runners. I think I put Nike Run Club as my uh, club. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, are you streaking? Do you do that or no? So like, are you streaking? Like, do you run every day, or um, have no, you done that? I, I mean, no, I wish. Uh, honestly, I can't. Um, I'm a, I'm a newly father. I do, a, you know, I'm a man of a thousand hats. Yeah. I run, I run, uh, I run at my convenience. There we go. Yeah. So whatever my availability is, then I can run. Mm-hmm. So I don't plan runs. Like the only run that I plan is my group runs, and that's mm-hmm. what I love because it's my accountability to make sure I run. Mm-hmm. But me running on my own, it, it's very complicated, but I figured out the formula in this past year about balance. And mm-hmm. shout out to Nicole and Alex getting me a running stroller for my baby shower and incorporating running with my son on a stroller and just figuring out ways. But I don't beat myself up. So like I, but somehow, some way, I still get in like 30 plus miles in a week which is I'm, I'm still I don't even know how I do it but mm-hmm. I just kind of go with the flow of, of things like today's Thursday so I'm gonna run tonight with my group gotcha uh, gotcha I don't know I wouldn't if I, I probably would have just took the day off mm-hmm. so okay so here we go that's good that's a good this is a segue into the running group so walk me through one the name what 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 came what so actually okay i'm gonna ask you about gftc you're gonna tell the people what what that is first walk me through the name and then the idea behind the crew and how you established the running group all right so i'm sorry this is what wow. everybody used to think about okay so goldfinger the name came from uh, i was a kid who was enjoying the nightlife I was I was a photographer. I was a quote unquote wannabe influencer on Instagram. I wanted to be a model. I was posting a whole bunch of photos on Tumblr. I was going to Soho House. Mm. I was going to all these FIFAO events. I was doing the dread. I was twisting my hair to be like the cool kids, like the Ian Connors or whatever, right? This is like a, a real phase in New York City when everybody wanted to really be dark. Like Ben Trill, Pyrex Vision, all this other stuff. Anyway. Um, I wanted to be a part of that scene. However, I didn't want to be labeled as a hype beast. I, I, was a, I wasn't a fan of Supreme. I hate Supreme to this day. Like, they don't support them. Uh, I didn't want to wear a babe. I was like, $100 t-shirts, that's stupid. And all this other stuff. And I wanted to create a brand that represented me and a person like me, a person of a, who's a free, who wants to just live the lifestyle that they want to choose that there can be no labels that's involved with them or the lifestyle they choose. So I thought about it 
when I was walking the Brooklyn Bridge one day with my friend Zach, we were taking pictures and stuff. And then I thought about like just self-reflecting about life. And I, I remember my friend Kadon, my best friend, who used to pick his nose religiously and never give a fuck about it. And I, I just thought about like, he was always like the grandfather to us because he was doing all the cool shit before anybody was. Like he was doing photography, videography, skateboarding, longboarding, like got dressed. Like he was literally like living the hipster lifestyle way before it became a trend. Mm-hmm. And we thought he was like the coolest guy ever. And he ran track. So that was another cool thing. And I remember my coach being so upset. He was digging his nose in the podium. We came we came sixth place in national for the four by four. Uh my last year college running. And we were so upset. And then like Kadon's on the podium just like this. And my coach, uh, low budget teeny, no digital camera yet, disposable camera takes a picture of it you know you obviously you wait until all that fills up right yeah, yeah. so you know we get the photo of the summer we all get the photos he starts spazzing on like on us when we met up like what the hell is this like you you know like and he's just like what i'm just digging my nose and then his response was so like this is normal yeah like, <laughs> just wow. so ca- casual yeah, like what like, like what's up yeah, and then out and right fast forward on the bridge, I was like, no, what he was doing was normal, but to other people it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's what I want, a brand just like that. So I, I, I thought about it, I started putting things together. I was like, digging his nose, dig, go. That was like, go, boom, Goldfinger. And the name just, just came out. And I was like, mm. holy shit. So then we started creating this trend go figure coming soon because we didn't have no idea what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a clothing brand, but we didn't know what the logo, what it was going to look like. Mm-hmm. So we all started just hashtagging go figure coming soon, my friends. And then a year later, when I met this a graphic designer who was going to FIT, I turned on my vision because I'm a visionary. I can't draw for shit. I'm not good at graphics, but I have it all here. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what I want, but I can't draw it out. So I spoke to her and then she was able to, in one shot, she sent me sketches and I fell in love with the first sketch. I was like, that's it. I love it. And once that was it, I created the brand Goldfinger in I think 2015. And we started having dad hats when I was in. And then we just created this whole movement about being gold, digging for gold. And like we were like the cool kids now. Like we were the first kids in our neighborhoods who had a clothing brand. You know, bringing it to Soho, chilling, taking photos, posting it on Tumblr, uh, and all this other stuff. Before, like Instagram had like you know, very limitation on Instagram. So Tumblr was mm-hmm. still the hottest, hottest social media. So we were just posting there, we were doing meetups, and then like you know, right? I was getting back into running. So it was my two loves now. Like I'm working, but I'm also like having a clothing brand and I'm running. And then when I got the armory had a race and I was like, Oh shit, I haven't raised an armory in years. It was this 10 man relay or whatever. So I was like, Oh, cool. So I hit up all my old college teammates. I was like, yo, there's a race in the army. Yeah. We are down. And I know nope, do I ever ran like in four or five years. I'm out of shape or whatever. I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Then I hit up the run club people like, yo, I want to run. I was like, yo, I never ran a track race before. I was like, yo, don't worry. You're going to love it. So I brought like people that I work with, people that I was running with a Nike run club and like maybe like one or two of my old college teammates that came and then um, 
we wrote, we had, uh, we were signing up at the day of, I ran a mile that day, or whatever, I ran like 510, I don't know, I ran my, it was, it was whatever, like, I was still happy at that time, mm-hmm. so then we had to write a name for the club, and then I didn't have a name, it was like, you need a name, I was like, you can't just leave it blank, it was like, no, so I was at, uh, and then I was like, okay, I have a clothing brand called Goldfinger, we're running on a track, Goldfinger Track Club, voila, boom, put it out there, the name came, we won, we won our heat, and we came third overall in the race, and everybody was just honest, yo, Goldfinger, yo, y'all so fire, y'all so fast, ah, ah, like, yo, I love y'all, like, how do I join, and you're like, there you go, oh, it's not even a club, I just made it up, right coming now. soon, like, coming oh, soon, yeah, coming soon, like, yeah. I have, I sell dad hats, and Jerry Seinfeld t-shirts, if you want to buy that, but, we're not a club yet. And then like, you know, Instagram, we posted it. People was like, yo, how do I join? I want to get down with Goldfinger. You guys are so fast, right? Cause it was like a first group that was like super diverse, I guess, outside of like, you know, the, you know, the very, the club that was closed off, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I just was like, uh, not a club yet. And then my friend comes to me like the following couple of days, he goes, yo bro, read this message. He gets this long essay uh and it goes hey due to your unloyalty and uh you running with another club and representing that club and not being consistent and not showing your dedication with us you are being dropped from this run club effectively today and i was like wait what so people really i was like you can really get i was like you signed a contract he's like nah fam i was like so what is this message, bro? He's like, yeah, they dropped me. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Like, oh, and I felt so guilty. And I'm like, damn, man, like, we just made this up. Like, we're not even real. And then I was like, you know what? I was like, we got to make this real now. Yeah, might as well be real, yeah. I was like, we got to People, we gotta people are treating it, it, treating it like yeah. it's real. You might as well make it real, yeah. And, then, and from there, I was like, the number one rule is you can run with anybody. And you will never be dropped. This will forever be your home. You can wear anything and any who and do whatever you want. Because I don't own anybody that runs with us. We're open to the public and, and we'll never be exclusive. Anybody can run with us. And that was the whole mantra of Goldfinger when I started. It was about do whatever you feel like. I don't own you. And I was still learning, right? I created the club because of that. And then, you know, we went through all the growing pains, right? We didn't even have singlets yet. And just every year we were trying to evolve with ourselves and get ourselves established. But everybody thought we were fast because um, as I started to build a name for myself in the community, I became one of the most fastest runners. Like I, I won the rerun uptown first 10K in the winter time and I won $100. And from there, everybody knew who I was because uptown was like, you know, the, 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 the hypest, the most uh, livest group, you know, in New York City. And once they posted me that Jerry Francois, Goldfinger Track Club, won X, Y, and Z, everybody knew who I was. And then Goldfinger started to just become a trend. And then I was like, everybody wanted to get down. And I was overwhelmed. I was still, I was working two jobs now. I didn't know how to do none of this shit. 
I was like, I don't know. We don't have practice. We run when we can. And then we just showed up when we needed to show up. Once I learned how to get screen printing and making singlets and stuff like that, uh, we would only show up at big races. So we would show up to the Brooklyn half, the Red Hook Crit when it existed, one of the best races in New York City. Hopefully it comes back soon. One of the uh, most competitive ones too. Uh, right before this is, and then we started just, you know, showing up to big races and making our name for ourselves. And, you know, as we continue to grow, that's when, you know, egos got involved and, you know, we're just a hot mess. We, we had no structure and no guidance, right? I was very like nonchalant, like, you know, I was like, Hey, yeah, you can run with us. Hey, you know, I was mm-hmm. just being, just being just openly just to anything. Like and, w- welcoming, like, very welcoming to the community. Yeah. And then that's when I, I learned the hard way about like who really rocks with you, who does it, who wants to be with you for the for the clout and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And we went through a lot and to a point where I, I wanted to end Goldfinger Track Club because it was overwhelming and no one was as passionate as I was mm-hmm. when I when I first started. Like everybody still only wanted to be around when Nike called us, hey, we want to put you in this campaign hey, we want to do this with you. That's when everyone showed up. But it was like, mm-hmm. hey, let's set a day for practice. No one showed up. But that was my fault, right? Because like I said, we're open to everybody. We had people from the Bronx, Manhattan. Santa, you know, we were all over the place. And so no mm-hmm. one knew where to meet up at and all this other stuff. So we because we didn't have the formula like we were uptown, right? Uptown, mm-hmm. everybody lived in the distance of Washington Heights, uptown, the Bronx, Harlem. Harlem run, everybody lived in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Black Roses, they were mostly scattered between like Lower East Side and uh, in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. right? Uh, bridge Runners, most of them all live in in between the city and and right over the bridge in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that. We were scattered bunch everywhere, and and I was like, um, we just did not know what the hell we were doing, and mm-hmm. I was still learning because I was very still new to this running community, and when I was introduced to running culture. I had no idea what the hell I was getting into. Like, I did not know. Like, community and culture, it's, it's people, it's really two different things. Um, it's now gotten to fuse together, but mm-hmm. for a long time, running community and culture was two separate things. It was two different entities until, until like Nike started to formulate and Bridge Runner started to formulate, like, bridge the gap and bringing crews and clubs together. But before it was all everybody was scattered and just doing their own thing. And that mm-hmm. was like, Hey, this is the culture. This is what we do for our actual crew and club. And this is what we actually do for this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it was all still learning, man. You know, shout out to like all the OGs that I've met throughout the way who paved the way for me, but I was still learning. And it took a long time for me to really understand this running community and culture mm-hmm. uh, before like Goldfinger became what it is today, which is now, um, and I'll say it, we are the hottest run crew club in New York City, the hypest, the loudest, the livest, the most fashionable, the most prettiest, the most gorgeous mm. crew club in New York City. And y'all can quote me, y'all can at me on that, but I can tell Yo, you. You, you, heard it, you heard it, you heard it, you heard it here first. Stay for the yeah. stories podcast. You heard it here first. Yeah. Coach Jerry himself, Go Finger Track Club, you heard it here. That's funny, man. That's dope. Yay. I back it. I back it up, man. That's cool. Um, like I said, it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun running with you. And like, I think, you know, as we continue to have these conversations, it'll be great to like get over there and, uh, see you on the track, you know, 
participate in some of these workouts, um, get on some of these group runs, these crew, the crew runs. Um, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a good time. The crew is a great group of people, man. Um, you're like, you're, you're doing something right for sure. Um, but yeah, as you're, as you're like sharing the story, it's just all net new stuff, you know, it's like growing pains, building a structure, understanding the dynamic of a crew and the community in New York city itself. Like, yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's, it's growing pains, but I feel like from the, an outsider new looking in now, it's like, you're, you're in the right place right now. You know what I mean? Like I can see that there are a lot of, a lot of cool things happening for you and for the group. Um, speaking of you actually just posted 2022 planning things to yeah. come coming soon. You yeah. want to share, you want to share a little bit more about, about that. Any teasers, anything that we can foreshadow you want to drop it right uh, you know, I, you know, we're all big on this manifestation, right? In the last couple of years, right? So it's like people used to have this insecurity about putting ideas out there because they feel like the world's going to steal it. But, you know, copy is a form of, you know, flattery, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I just feel like the more I speak about what I want to do, the more involvement people want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's not about holding ideas. It's not about, it's actually about sharing it. So I've always wanted to, as I transition because I, I want to retire from competitively running in the next two years. It was going to be this year, but obviously I had to make up for last year. So I want to, because I don't want to race forever because I want to, I want to be a right, crew leader and I want to, I want to create races for different demographics and international and bring more races to the world and be what New York Road Runners should be and the NYC runs should be and be inspired by the bridge runners and the pace runners. I want to form more races for the community, for the kids, for the youth. So I, as much races as I can, that tie into something that you believe in and something that resonates with you, right? Mm -hmm. So next year, like my goal is to bring back, you know, I created the Black Mile, which is about to hit its anniversary, one year anniversary uh, on the 8th. So the Black Mile 3, uh, and then I always wanted to create what I told you when I first got introduced to running as a child, field day, which is most people from New York City who went to public school had that once a year. I want to create a field day, but what a field day would be like is racing where it's like you race with your family, mm -hmm. not with your club, with your actual family. Like you build a relay team with your cousin, your mom, your son, your daughter. You share this moment why you love running with your child. Your child is introduced to running because of their parent. And I want to have a festivity where a family is incorporated. Not your running family, your actual family. So they understand why you fell in love with the idea of running 26.2, why you want to run a 400 meter, why you want to pressure your child to run cross country, right? This is the biggest thing about running is about family and connection. And I think mm -hmm. because of running, we slowly disappear from those who don't understand it, right? Your actual friends who don't run, right? Because they don't mm -hmm. run. So you're like, oh, yo, I'm going to go run with Adidas this weekend. Yo, dude, I'm about to turn up. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not. No drinking tonight. I'm going, I got a yeah. long run at 7 a.m., right? They don't yeah, understand yeah. that, mm -hmm. right? Your family, like, oh, yo, I can't go to this wedding because I got to go to Chicago for a marathon, right? Mm -hmm. not, and then it's now about how do we start to realize our actual blood family, right? Our relative close, let them understand why we're so contagious to this. 
let them be a part of it and they see it like wow okay mm. i understand why you don't want to do a long run this weekend and drink and party and turn up this is important to you and i see the fun that it brings for you and i felt a little bit of that joy when i ran i'd never ran on a track that fast mm-hmm. right so i want to that's what i want to do so field day black mile gftc relay to uh I want to name a race after my son because it's all about generational wealth. So I want, I want things in his name. I want him to own everything that I've done so far to be under his name by five. So his biggest flex when he's in preschool, yo, I have, an, I have a race under my name. I have an LLC. Goldfinger Track Club is owned by me. Like, I want him to have the biggest flex possible. Like, oh, yeah, there was a, yeah, I'm running, the, there's a five-year annual Jack's 5K race. You have a own, yeah. My dad made a race after me. Like, I want him to have the biggest flex ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's never going to talk about how fly he is with gear. He's going to talk about, like, I have things in print that says Jack Parker Francois owns Goldfinger Track Club, these races in two. Mm-hmm. So I want to do stuff like that. So more races for the community. Because I think that's the biggest touch. I think that's the biggest loss in our community that we keep craving to an audience of older runners, but we're not we're forgetting about who we need to pass this on to. Mm-hmm. Who's mm-hmm. going to be the, right? When you look at like, and I love, right, a big guy on TV, especially like Marvel, anime, all that stuff, right? When you see shows like that, say, the next generation Avengers, who is the next generation Bridge Runners? Who is the next generation Goping the Track Club, Brooklyn Track, Black Roses, right? Mm-hmm. Are we setting the youth up to take over for us? Like, who's, pre- like, this blueprint that, I don't want to be 80 years old doing Goldfinger Track Club. I want to watch and be like Stan Lee does in all his God Bless His Soul and all his Marvel movies when he had that cameo. Mm. Sit back and watch the generations of stuff that he created is not being passed on. Yeah, yeah. Right? You see how you see how like Avengers Endgame had, they had those moments where like they became regular civilians and they watched mm-hmm. the next generation do amazing things. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want to watch. And maybe it might not be my son. I don't want to put that pressure on him to want to be a runner or anything like that. But his generation should be the one that's saying, yo, I, I'm 12 years old with my own track club outside of my school, mm-hmm. right? Because maybe mm-hmm. my school might not have running, right? So what do I do? Create my own run club. Let me do it as an active school activity. Let me incorporate. Let me sit down with my with the academics in my school. I'm like, hey, let's. I know we don't have this sport, but can we, can we implement this for recess and all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Our kids starting to bring the ideas of what we're creating outside recreational fun for in schools, for community, for the hood, the projects, and more. Because if not, then this is a waste. There's no point to do this shit now if we're not thinking about the future. Mm-hmm. And that's all about me. Like, I don't want to do this forever. I only I want to do it now and live this past, past me. So when I'm in heaven with my mom, uh, sipping a mimosa and smoking a, a cigar with Tupac and Biggie in skinny jeans. Like, we're going to be like, yo, like, dude, you see how amazing things you guys did in the West Coast and Brooklyn and with all hip-hop culture? Look what I did with running. Like, look at this. There's murals and races dedicated in honor and memory of the things that I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's my big vision. That's why I want to do, so I've only did, what, three races this year? Next year, I want to do four to six. Bear Miles shot relay uh turkey dot race and that's that's gonna be a fun one Uh, and make sure when i say thought everyone i don't mean like an actual hoe me and uh 
my my lady, she calls it dot muffin shorts. Anybody who wears split shorts because it's very short, very revealing for men, right? There you go. And yeah. I think it's funny, right? And she still doesn't understand why men wear half tights and all this other stuff. But anywho, mm. so I want a race where we're all wearing dot shorts, quote unquote, split shorts, four inch, two inch, three inch shorts, celebrating Thanksgiving and and probably in thirty degrees weather, but all of us are required to wear something that's shorter. Yeah. A man and female. You, you can't race just, if you don't if you don't have split shorts on. Exactly right, yep. and because there's accountability, right? Mobility, mobility. There's a lot of technical. There's a lot of technical to reason why we don't just wear it just mm-hmm. cause, right? Yeah, yeah. So what? A lot of us may have more thicker thighs than others, right? So sometimes, right? You know, mm-hmm. to each his own. But the focus is because we want the comfortability. We're not thinking about being a sexual being or running. That's yeah, the last yeah. thing we're thinking about. We're yeah, just yeah. thinking about, oh, comfortability, you know, and all that other great stuff. So I want to, and I always like to bring, incorporate things of my, my background, you know, my mm-hmm, hood, mm-hmm. my lingo, like my speech, because I'm never going to turn away of who I am just because mm-hmm. I'm part of this old, like I'm me, 100% me all the time, all corporate offices, or meetings. And that's why brands fuck with me because I'm organic and I never... Mm-hmm. I never switched the hat. I've never been a cool. I've never switched up. I, I'm always me. So I, um, next year, we're going to try to do as many races as possible for the community. And the mm-hmm. Do you, uh, so what are you racing? Do you, have you ever raced in half tights or do you race in split shorts? Uh, I, I feel like the last, I heard you say this before that you were, you will yeah. never wear half tights for a race, right? Oh, uh, no, no, no. Half tight season. No, I always wear half tights. Okay. Um, I wish more brands made them more and made them accessible with pockets. That's yeah, my yeah. only biggest thing. I just don't like how they make half tights these days. Like I don't want to have tight with lining. That defeats the purpose. That's why I don't wear like none of the Nikes new half tights. I wear all Nikes like 2016 and past. I want to do the guy actually collabs because they have like five pockets or mm. little lemon or whatever. But mm. I only wear split shorts when it's a mile and the track. Got it. In terms of like that's Speed. why because speed right that's why i can you know because i have thick thighs so i can't do that because i know <laughs> no. my phone in no 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 don't lie to the people you don't have thick thighs dude you're you're right. no, you're slim you're you're a slim boy summer winter all all year round slim guy don't lie to the people making them think my, my thighs are thicker than life you can ask everybody around me I, yo, I was I was running with you two weeks ago. There's no way, because uh, I was I was looking down at myself and I'm like, man, this dude is moving. He's so like slim, about half my size, and I'm like, there's no. I'm like trying to keep up, barely can pick up my legs. I feel like tree trunks. I'm carrying around bricks, and you're over there cruising with twigs, and you're just yeah. dusting. Don't lie, don't lie. Thick thighs, so that's why I can't do the split shorts respectfully. You gotta gotta respect the audience and all. So it's half size poppy, half size uh, poppy, but my, my the you gotta I'm keep it PG. Up. And I can't do two inches. I only do four inch splits. I'm sorry, everybody. Mm. Four inch splits. Two. I'm not Elliot Kachobi. I don't weigh 120 pounds, straight muscles and thin. I gotta wear. I gotta wear. I gotta wear four inches and above. So sorry. That's yeah. funny. I I just got into split shorts too. Like this year, maybe like a few months ago. Like going into summer, I just built up the confidence to to do split short season. Yeah. Oh man, it's been a long time. That's fine. Man. Um, all right, man. So look, check it out. Uh, go ahead and plug uh Goldfinger Track Club. When, where do you meet um for the people to, to to come through? Um, but you're actually it's about to be off season, right? Or no? 
you're gonna still no, meet so, up in a couple uh, weeks? Yeah, so we meet every Monday at seven. If it, it, it varies, sometimes we meet at Delancey at Bridge Runners headquarters, or we'll meet in Brooklyn. We have our Wednesday morning tracks at Boys and Girls High School, uh, seventeen hundred Fulton Street. You can meet us there at 6.30 a.m. And then Thursday nights, we do our community runs at 7 p.m. at the Washington Drive to 17 Stuyvesant Avenue. Uh, and then Saturdays, we do our long runs. Sometimes we'll meet at uh, Brooklyn Circus. Shout out to Brooklyn Circus, Black-owned, Pace Runs, Teamwork. We meet over there to collab, to bring, bridge the gap between Brooklyn crews, or we'll do our long runs in, um, on Stuyvesant. But as we, as, after we end marathon season, which will be uh the 21st so philly have philly will be the weekend we end everything we're not we're only ending the sessions of mondays and wednesdays and saturdays we're always going to do thursdays because thursday is dedicated to community so that'll be 365 however we're taking a, a winter recess break for everyone to reset enjoy the holidays get back to the friends and family that have not seen because of running and we'll resume back in mid-January, February, because we're going to have a restructure and really create the branding of Goldfinger Track Club as it should be now. Since it's mm -hmm. over a year with all the new runners we have, mm -hmm. we want to see how we can really help and build those people who want to take running to the next level, who want to just do it, not want to do it for just mental health or physical or fitness, who really want to like, you know, I want to run and train a 5K. I want to run, mm -hmm. train a 10K, half, full, Whatever it is, right? I, I want to build a structure and take advantage of me being a coach and really make sure I can really take every runner to the next level. Mm -hmm. And that's going to create membership plans, right? Like what Brooklyn Track Club has, same kind of recipe, uh, just our style and our way and really give what we can to those who want to go to the next level. Because mm -hmm. I believe that I do have the film, formula and recipe and uh, it's going to show this weekend when all my athletes from Project Gold to Goldfinger Track Club, when they all smash their marathon goals and finish, people be like, yo, I, he really has the juice. And I, it's a proof because that's why Shasha Hondo in her first ever marathon just qualified for Boston for 2022. That's why Pelly broke three hours in 2019 for New York City Marathon is qualifying for Boston in 2022. Semi, who ran two marathons in three weeks, qualified for Boston in 2019 for 2022. And more people are going to Boston by qualifying, not by invite, not by crew, not by club, but invite. And not even those, but those ones who are crushing PRs of 5Ks, 10Ks, and more, because we have the recipe. Mm -hmm. Not just me, we, Gemma, King, Thomas, Sasha, the community, Best Art, Brooklyn. We shout have out, the recipe. shout out right here, shout out. Yeah, yeah let's go. We have the recipe to make phenomenal runners and phenomenal talents. And we're gonna we're, we're gonna prove that this weekend when you see everybody in that black and gold with their finger by their nose and everyone saying GMTC, Project Go, ah, ah, yeah. And that's gonna be us, so. There we go. And then everybody's gonna be, everybody's gonna wanna, everybody's gonna wanna join. Guaranteed. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt for sure. Um, all right, y'all. Yeah, well, you heard it here. Check them out while you can meet up, run with uh Gofinger Track Club at GFTC New York City or at my bad at GFTC NYC Instagram Thank handle. You. Check them out. There we go. 
uh, I get I get too too carried away sometimes. Um, all right, man. Yo, speaking of this weekend, good luck. I know uh, a lot of people um, a couple of weeks ago had a tough time with Chicago. I did with Boston. Um, a lot of people are coming back, bouncing back real quick, quick turnover, ready to get after it again for New York City Marathon. You included uh and the crew as well so good luck man how you feeling uh, uh real quick how you feeling you ready ready to roll redemption round tell me how you feel leading into uh into this weekend uh i feel good you know i think the most thing i've been stressing about more so is about creating this amazing pop-up shop that i'm having on friday at bridge runners headquarters from okay. 2 to 8 p.m you're all show all pull up show love uh buy some product buy some swag get a little gold in your life I'm really calm, you know, like, honestly, the thing about me is I don't think too much about the races. When mm -hmm. the race is coming up, I, I, I think about the day after the race, like, when it's all done. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think of me going to the race. I really think about what am I going to do the day after? What am I going to eat? What am I going to go? What outfit am I going to wear? What party am I going to go to? I don't mm -hmm. think too much about the because. Now, now that I'm back to the mindset, which is something I forgot because I haven't run a marathon in two years, is I don't put too much pressure on the marathon. The marathon is actually just another long run. Mm -hmm. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to perform at our highest, but we should just treat it like the next long run, mm -hmm. right? Yep. We, we go ham on our long runs. We want to flex our Strava times, right? And then it doesn't translate to the marathon and then we feel defeated. No, because it's a different distance. However, if we just treat it like another long run, we'll be more calm and relaxed, right? Mm -hmm. Because in the long run, it's right, you're a little bit more relaxed, you're having fun, you're enjoying it, you're with good company, and you're not thinking about anything else but to finish. Mm -hmm. The marathon, you put all oh, PR, I gotta run this, damn. Then you already, you're mentally already blocking yourself because you're putting massive pressure and then people, oh, what time are you shooting for? Oh, what's your PR? What's this map? Like, no, dude, mm -hmm. I just want, I'm just going to run a long run this weekend with the greatest city in the world and the greatest people in the world, the greatest crews in the world. And I'm going to hug, kiss every single person that I see in the forehead, dap a hand, power boot go to every photographer, put a smile up, throw a finger in the air, and really celebrate the fact that we're bouncing back from a hectic year that we all had previously to enjoy something that 33,000 people that the world would love to be a part of because this is the biggest celebration party in the world that not everybody can do. And we're able to do this. And doesn't matter what kind of level, we're going to be there and everybody on the sidelines is going to look at us like a pro. They're going to think we're Ethiopian, Kenyan, Dominican, Mexico, wherever we came from and more because we're on that stage. And that's what inspires that person in our audience to want to be that person in the middle, running right to left, pouring Gatorade on their face, throwing water, taking salt tablets, eating pretzels, eating gummies, spitting, spitting this out, going to GMP, taking a photo, seeing Jacob on the court, taking a photo, Zach, not afraid. We run up to our mile 21, Harlem run, pace runs. Teamwork, Goldfinger, Adidas, everybody, like, you're going to be like, holy shit, that's just Zappos right on the right-hand side on mile nine. Holy shit, that's Quasi Pessy, Harlem's Revion, that's Adam, yo, that's Sasha, that's, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's about yeah, yeah. enjoying all the faces and more that you have not seen, and you get to really enjoy this party, because it's all about the after party, and that's why we're going to the after miles, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and then the after party with all bridge runners and crew. So yeah, that's there how I got that in there. Bars. Yeah, man. There you go. All right, man. On that note, good luck. Um, you're gonna crush it, man. Yeah, I approach it just like any other run. It's just another long yeah. run. That's the same same mentality that I've had yeah. and that I try to encourage and I share as well. It's you're just going out there to run. Like you've done it yeah. time and time again. It's just another run. Just go out there, and that's yeah. all you have to do. Just run. Um, yeah, man. Again, good luck. It's gonna be a fun weekend. I'll see you out on the course. I'm gonna be taking some shots, taking some photos. Uh, hopefully, I'll catch you and some of the crew. Um, yes, yes. a lot of familiar faces running running this uh running this sunday so uh yeah again good luck uh you're gonna crush it rest up like these next few days have a good you know rest of the rest of the weekend and um and that's it man yeah thank you for your time it's been great uh definitely okay. have to have uh, another episode post race talk about chicago marathon talk about new york city okay. marathon um talk about the experiences and share these stories but um yeah man that's it uh thank you again um to the audience thank you Uh, Stay tuned. More to come. As always, stay for the stories.